Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Now, the three divine institutions are government the family, and the church. And the reason for all of those is that if they're done right under God, our world won't be chaotic. Now ask yourself, is our world chaotic today? Hello. Why? Because they're not done right. They do not recognize God as an authority, and neither do they submit to God. Let's face it. The whole world seems chaotic. Perversion is celebrated or at least excused, while acting in a godly manner can get you either persecuted or prosecuted. When we look at our culture and the state it's in, it's easy to forget that God was the one who established the basis for these institutions. Pastor Mark is teaching from 1 Peter where Christians were being persecuted by what we now know was an evil government. Peter was encouraging the believers of this time to remember that whatever was done to these bodies, God would ultimately take care of us. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in 1 Peter chapter 2 with part one of his message, Christ followers represent God on earth. Here's a great verse talking about Christians. 1 Peter 2.9. But you are not like that, for you're a chosen people. You're a royal priest. You're a holy nation. God's very own possession. Now look at the highlighted part. This is what today's teaching is about. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of spiritual darkness into his wonderful spiritual light. That verse is where I got the title for today. The title that I'm using today is this. Christ followers represent God on the earth. The reason you're here, still alive as a Christian, not in heaven, is God wants you to represent him on the earth. See, people don't realize who God is, or what he even looks like, or what his character is. So Peter's going to remind believers that many unbelievers are watching their lives. Sometimes we forget that fact, that people have their eyes on us. Now, they often don't say anything, but they're looking. And so God made us people of influence to represent him on the earth. So I want us to make sure we all understand what we're talking about today. So just turn to your neighbor and say these words. People are watching us and how we live. Come on, turn to them right now. That's exactly right. You say, well, Pastor Mark, what's this sermon about? You just said it. 
that people, are, unbelievers, are watching our lives and how we live the life that we're doing. Now, you want to make, of course, a difference in our world. I want to make that difference. So Peter begins with this in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. Just look at verse 11. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Peter starts out and he reminds these suffering believers far from him. He doesn't know all of them, but he says, dear friends. Now, why does he say that? Because he's reminding them that he's their earthly shepherd and he loves the people. He cares about what they're going through. And not only that, God loves them. And I just want to say to you this morning, because some of you are new and some of you have been here a long time, The pastors, the elders, we love you. We're your shepherds. We care for you. But I want to remind you of somebody else that's way better caring for you. His name is God. He loves you. He knows exactly where you're at. And some of the things I'll address this morning is exactly where you're living. Relax. God loves you. Then he challenges the believers. Not only do I care for you, but I'm going to teach you. And of course, that's what I do. I teach you the word of God. And he says, since people are watching you, you have to be different than unbelievers. You're not going to be better, but you should live a different life than the secular world. And then he basically says, the way you can do that, if you'll live different lives, you understand that this place is not our home. He calls them pilgrims, sojourners. Our final home is in heaven. Anybody happy about that? And we're just traveling there. We're just traveling there. But the world doesn't even know how to get to heaven. Many of them don't believe that. And they don't know that the life they're living, they're actually living in the dark. It doesn't look like it to them, but they are. So notice this word he uses, sinful desires. Look what he says there. Abstain from sinful desires. Remember, when you became a Christian, Your spirit was 100% saved. But I'm left with my old sin nature. And that's where temptation comes from. And he says, you can't live according to your old sin nature because you'll be no different than the person and you're no influence. They're going to look at work or in the neighbor and go, you know, he says, she says she's a Christian. Really? They live just like us. The way they react to things is just like us. So he says, no, no, no. You have to be different. You have to have a different outlook. Now, when you see all of that happening, what does that look like? Well, just hold your finger right there. And let's turn back to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians, just forward a little bit in your Bible. You'll see where it is. Galatians chapter 5. And scoot on down to verse 16 and 17. Now, we are in a battle. Many Christians think, well, when you come to Christ, the battle's all over. My friends... It just began. And it's a battle began my old sin nature, the things that I used to do, and my new nature that's run by the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going back in history, so some of you won't get it, but you will in a minute. How many remember way back, there were these two little dogs that had on the bottom of them, they attracted each other with magnets. How many remember those little dogs? And you put the little dog out here and you'd click it and they'd be together, but then you turn it and they always did what? They rejected each other. Today, there's a battle going on inside of every Christian. 
Look at what Galatians calls it. You see it very clearly down in verse 16, chapter 5. So I say, Paul's writing, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of your sinful nature. We still have that sinful nature, even though we're saved. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit. And the Spirit, what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. That's the battle that's in us all the time. How long will this battle last? The good news is it will be over. The bad news is it's not till heaven. No, it's just the opposite, isn't it? The bad news is we have to always be fighting. We have to realize that that can come up. Now, what is the sinful nature look like? Take a look. Verse 19, same passage. Verse 19, look at 19 through 21. Now, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. One of the greatest drives that got put in our lives was sexual. But it has to be controlled within marriage. So watch what it is. He starts with sexual immorality. Sex outside of marriage. Homosexual, lesbian, uh, pornography. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery. Then he says idolatry and witchcraft. We don't practice idolatry and witchcraft here. Some countries do. Some Many people bow down to an idol. But if I'm not careful... The things of this world become my idol and not God. So it speaks to us. Hatred. Now, these are the personal things between people. Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage. Circle this next one if you have a Bible. This is the big one that we all struggle with. Selfish ambition. I don't really care about you. I'm going to take care of myself. Dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. And simply that means, here's the first thing I want you to write. People are watching, so abstain from sinful desires. As I read through that list, that's not the whole list. But you know when there's a battle going on. That's the old me. I don't want to go there. Okay, God help me. Fight that battle. Now that battle always is inside, but where does it begin? Right here in the mind. I'll use an illustration. More for guys and gals, but it's okay. Your wife is gone, and the game is on, and you're going to watch the Dallas Cowboys. Well, you're not interested in the Cowboys. You're interested in the cheerleaders for the Dallas Cowboys. And they come on, and you go, oh, my wife isn't here. And the Holy Spirit goes, "Uh, wait till the game comes. Anybody understand what I said? Don't be stupid. Of course you understand what I said. So I should watch it? No, because I'm not watching. Wow, look at that nice uniform. (laughs) That's not the way it works, right? Okay, ladies, you have your own problems with the hulks like me. Things like that. Okay, now. (laughs) Well, you didn't have to laugh that much. (laughs) Jeez, oh, gee. All right. Now, let's go back to 1 Peter chapter 2. Let my wife laugh. You cut it out. All right, now. So he says, instead of that, here's what you need to do. Live such good lives among the pagans. I would use the word, they were pagans, they worship idols. I would use the word unbelievers. That though they accuse you, now listen, as a Christian, of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds 
and glorify God on the day he visits us. Now that is a key principle. Here's the next thing you want to write. Peter says this, people are watching. They're watching our lives. Live good lives and unbelievers will see God is good. Why? Because we live different. Even when we are persecuted for something, they say they accuse us of doing wrong and we didn't do wrong. But how we react to that shows that we're different. We're under a control of the Holy Spirit. Now, when he says live good lives, what is he talking about? It's right here. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in Christians, in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Here's the big one. Self-control. Self-control. There is no law against these things. So what he's saying is, don't be like the things of the world, that the sexual things, all the debauchery, hatred, self-ambition. No, love Patience, peace, goodness, faithfulness. That says to a world, even though they're not going to say anything to you, wow, they reacted differently than I would react. Well, that's not because of you. That's because of the Holy Spirit empowering us to act different. When I win the battle, it's good for me spiritually, but it's also very good for the unbelievers who are watching our lives. Now, I'm going to introduce to you down in verse 13 and 14, two words, and I want you to focus on them as I do it. Look at verse 13. First word, submit. You can just circle in your Bible. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority. Second word, whether to the emperor or the supreme authority, or to the governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. Paul writes this same exact principle. And look at Romans 13. Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities. For us, it would be the president, the Congress, the local governments, uh, the governor of our state, state people, the police, whatever. Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities. Now watch this. For there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities exist that exist have been established by God. The way we do life is made up of authority, people with authority, and submission. We we don't live to ourselves. Well, Pastor Mark, what is authority? Here it is, write it down. It's the right to exercise power. Now, we just read that all authorities that exist have been established by God. So when God created the earth, it doesn't say this in your Bible. In the beginning was Mark Balmer. In the beginning was, tell me, God. He is the ultimate authority. He established authority. He is the one that has the right to exercise power. He did it for a reason. Ultimate authority comes from God. Now, sometimes as we get through this, you won't understand why he does this and that and the other. But he is the one that's in charge. And he established three institutions in society so we could function with order. If authority is done right and people submit, there's order. If it's done wrong or people don't submit, there's chaos. Now, the three 
divine institutions are government, the family, and the church. And the reason for all of those is that if they're done right under God, our world won't be chaotic. Now ask yourself, is our world chaotic today? Hello. Why? Because they're not done right. They do not recognize God as an authority and neither do they submit to God. Most of our world today, I'm talking nations, they hate God and they hate Christians. You just have to understand that. It's not really much different in many parts of the world back 2,000 years ago. Now, what is that word submit? It's a word we don't like sometimes, but here it is. Here's a definition of submission. Submission is a loving attitude that wants to cooperate. It's not just an attitude. It's an action that goes along with it. Now, it's actually a military term, which means to place in proper order. That God gave us. So in the home, the government, the family, society, it would function with basically order and not chaos. But there's one thing you have to understand. As I submit to people that are in authority, that's not where it starts. God is the ultimate authority. So for your life not to be in chaos, who do I have to submit to first? That's exactly right. Some of you have never done that. You're not a believer yet. You'll have an opportunity today. You need to say to God, I'm submitting myself to you. I want to cooperate with you. I want you to direct my life. My life is a crazy mess. I need some order to it. It always begins with submitting your life to God. Now, Satan is against that, and he's always trying to get us to put God to the side. No, you submit to what you want. No, 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 no. It always goes back to that. That's the beginning. By the way, all relationships will be healthy if there's submission to God first. Now, Peter's going to address three specific areas of authority and submission. And it really has to do with humans and how we react to people. The number one is, the first one I'll cover in a moment, is government and citizens. How do we do that? Number two, it's employees and employers, the workplace, what that looks like and how do we do that. But the one we're going to have fun with, it's Marriage and family and kids. Wow, that's going to be a ball. What do you mean? There's submission and marriage? You mean my kids? Hey, I'm a teenager. I don't have to submit to my parents. Do what I want to do. Yeah, that's the real world we live in. By the way, our world, by and large, discounts marriage. They don't even get married anymore. And when you don't follow God's way, of marriage, your life will always be chaos. Some of you here this morning are in chaos in your marriages. Many of you have friends that need help. Please invite them. It'll be very uplifting. It'll be very biblical. But that's when God established, he had Adam and Eve put them together. And it was supposed to be of order until Satan came and said, no, 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 no. Don't submit to God. Submit to me. And that's where our problem comes. So next week, it'll be good. Now look at verse 13. I just read it to you. This 13 through 17, if you mark in your Bible, this is all about civil government and citizens and how we work that. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, 
Whether the emperor, for us again, as I told you, that's the Congress, the president, the local authorities, who are sent by him as supreme authority or the governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. So what, what is Peter trying to say? He's saying this to you and me. Here it is. Write it down. People are watching us. So in the big picture, we should be good citizens. Now, remember, back in those days, it was very difficult because Rome was ruling the world. And these people who had left Rome and went to Turkey, they were still under government leaders that were ungodly. They were horrible. They were being persecuted like crazy. It's not much different today. What does Peter say? Well, we're to respect those who are in government. And here's how you do it. So when we get there, what Peter is saying is, we're to respect the office. But sometimes we don't have to like who's in the office. Does that help you a little bit? We still respect the office, but there's one exception to that, and I'll get that in a moment. We respect the office, but I don't have to like them at all. I can just respect it and move on from there. Now, Peter knew that there would be times, because he had experienced it, and you're going to see it in a moment, when disobeying the government would be required. There would be a time when you could still respect the office, but disobey what they ask you to do. So keep your finger right where it is. Let's go back to the book of Acts chapter 5. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. Right back to Acts chapter 5. Let me give you a quick summary. John and Peter had healed the lame man who had never walked. The government in the religious world was the Jewish Sanhedrin and all the Jewish high priests, priests, and all those things. They, look at verse 18. They arrested the apostles and put them in public jail. Why? For healing a man. Because all the talk was about Jesus, who had already been crucified and gone back to heaven. The Jewish religious leaders hated Jesus. Now, but during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. And the angel said, a message from God, go stand in the temple courts and tell the people the full message of this new life. At daybreak, they entered the temple courts, as they'd been told, and began to teach the people. Then someone came and said to the religious leaders, look, the men you put in jail are standing in the temple courts, back in the same place, and they're doing what you put them in jail for. They're teaching the people. At that, the captain went with his officers, and he brought the apostles. And they did not use force because they feared that the people would stone him. And having brought the apostles, they made them appear before the Sanhedrin, which is the religious people in authority, to be questioned by the highest authority, the high priest. And look what he says to them. We gave you strict orders not to teach in his name. Pastor Mark was teaching us today about the struggles the people the Apostle Peter was writing to were having. They were being harassed because they were Christians who the government didn't like. Peter was encouraging them to stay strong in the faith and not to give in to the temptation to begin living like those around them. This is good advice for us as well. 
Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue to teach about the fact that we represent Christ to the unbelieving world. We will begin to understand more clearly about the fruit that having the Holy Spirit in our lives produces. We'll also learn more about the battle we all have between the old sin nature and the new, godly nature, which wants to do what's right. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Living Life with Living Hope. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.